Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and what I normally do is read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. So today's poem is entitled Spiritual Warfare. Here we go. Some people would rather speak against you, empty your cup, instead of build you up. Some people would rather tear you down, not caring if they burn you with their words. They aim to hit you where it hurts. Spiritual war is real. No words to edify, instead They make up lies, healing balm they don't apply, causing bitterness over time. Spiritual warfare is real. After you have avoided the darts of harsh words meant to tear you apart, the fact that you are still standing is proof that it didn't prosper That weapon formed against you. Spiritual warfare is real. You may be be tried on every level, tested often by the devil. When you turn left, he'll be right there. When you go right, please be aware that destruction could be the enemy. With me, he started early. When he attacked me by taking my children from me, spiritual warfare is real. I really think that he wanted this to kill me. This present darkness became my reality. I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but I apparently need the full armor of God because spiritual warfare is real. Excuse me. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And yes, you heard me ever so correctly. I lost custody of my three oldest children way back when. And deep down inside, I do believe that that was meant to kill me and to destroy me because anyone who knew me back then and I still excuse me feel the same way now my children are my world and so during that season of my life the best way for me to describe who I was is naive I was extremely, extremely, extremely naive because I took people at their word and didn't pay as much to their actions. And I paid a very heavy price. There were people grinning in my face and telling me that they loved me and cherished me and adored me. And that was ever the farthest thing from the truth. In fact, 
they saw opportunity. And it wasn't the type of opportunity that builds people up and causes them to soar, S-O-A-R. No, it wasn't that type of opportunity. It was more of an opportunity for them to have an advantage over me. And if you don't know what the word opportunity means, I'm going to break that down via by way of definition. And so opportunity defined, it means a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something, a chance for employment or promotion. And an occasion or situation that makes it possible to do something that you want to do or have to do or the possibility of doing something. An example, everyone will have an opportunity to comment, not on this particular podcast, but that was the example that was provided. Excuse me. I get a lot of my definitions from the Oxford Languages Dictionary, and that's where this one derived from. So, And that's where I'm saying that wrong, y'all. I'm literally still trying to wake up. But derived is obtain something from a specific source. So (laughs) that's where the definition came from. Again, that is a part of the Oxford Languages Dictionary. But they were using my naivety. And if you want to know what naivety means... Let me share that with you as well. For those of you who don't know, what I try to do is provide definitions of words to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, And naivete is N-A-I, V like Victor, E like Eddie, T like Tom, E like Victor. With an accent over it, excuse me. So it says lack of experience, lack of wisdom, lack of judgment. This also is found in the Oxford Languages Dictionary. And I did not have wisdom back then. I did not have it at all. And so when I was forming relationships, I believed that the same measure that I respected and honored and cherished those relationships, that it was being given back unto me. And that was the naive side of myself. Because these particular individuals involved saw an opportunity. For one particular individual, they saw an opportunity to not have to pay child support. For another individual, they saw an opportunity for their child not to have to pay child support. Nevertheless, I suffered greatly because of my being naive. Now, I hear a lot of people say that whenever we're going through something, it's not always for us. It could potentially be for someone else. And at the time that we may be going through something, that is not, if we're honest, at the forefront of our minds. Nine times out of 10, when we're going through something, we're trying everything we can to just get through that something. Because depending on what it is, it could hurt so much That you just want the pain and the suffering and the heartache to stop. And you want it to stop quickly. (coughs) Excuse me. So you're not necessarily thinking about how you're going through that storm, per se. 
is going to help someone else later on in life. It just so happens that as I went through this process of losing custody of my three older children, that although it was very painful, I was able to utilize that bad experience later on in life and provide tools to assist someone else that was going through a similar situation so that she would not have to endure the same level of heartache and pain that I had endured. But for those of you who may not know what the word potentially is, it's P like Paul, O-T-E-N-T-I-A-L-L-Y. It means, that's how you spell it. It means with the capacity to develop or happen in the future. So whenever we're going through something, we may not always be mindful of the potential benefits of going through that particular trial or tribulation. But nevertheless, if we are mindful of how it impacted us, how it affected us, we could actually use that experience to help someone else not have to go through a similar experience. Or if they do go through a similar experience, providing them the tools to overcome that level of adversity can most likely, if we're really truly being honest, could help save someone's life. Now, at the time that I was going through what I was going through, that was, again, the furthest thing from my mind. I had not even formulated the concept of, oh, I'm going through losing my children so that if somebody else in the future were to lose their children and we just happened to cross paths, I could tell them what to be aware of and what to look out for and how to prepare for this loss. That was not in my mind at the time. But when a similar situation presented itself years down the road, it was a young lady that I was working with at the time. We were working for the same company and she had found out that her spouse at that time was having an affair. And they were going through a divorce. In fact, he had been renting an apartment, even though they had a home together in order for him to partake and be a part of his extramarital affair. So as they're going through this process, she was blindsided. And she received word from her attorney that her soon to be ex-husband was going to try to get custody of their three children. And she didn't know where to turn. She didn't know what to do. Um, And at the time, he was more financially stable than she was. So she panicked. And this is not a testimony at that time. I sure wouldn't try to share it. But when I saw her despair, I felt led to share. And for those of you that want to know what despair means, it's D-E-S-P-A-I-R. And the definition also found in the Oxford Languages Dictionary means the complete loss or absence of hope. Lose or be without hope. So when I saw her despair, it moved my heart to share 
bars anyway so <laughs> okay let me get back serious i digress so in my sharing i let her know what i had gone through years prior and then I started to equip her with the appropriate tools to be ready for the news that she would have to be the one to pay child support for their three children. But because I had learned from that particular situation, I was also able to, and I give God all the glory for this, Give her an opportunity. And this is something that I, like I said, I didn't know when I was going through it. I didn't see it from the perspective years later that I was able to see it from. Had I seen it from that perspective, and this is just my personal opinion, maybe I would have handled it way better than how I handled it. So because I knew after the fact that even in my losing my, the custody of my three oldest children, n- no matter how devastating that was at the time, had I had the wisdom that I gained later on in life about that particular situation, there is no telling where I would be education-wise, financially, emotionally, mentally, and physically. But I didn't have those tools And the people at that time that were surrounding me, they had never known anyone to experience a mother losing custody of her children. So there there wasn't much that they could do to help ease the pain that I was going through. All they could do was be present the best way that they knew how and to offer me comfort the best way that they knew how and to offer me words of encouragement the best way that they knew how. So fast forward, now I'm crossing paths with someone at that time that was going through a similar situation, but I had the tools to equip her to succeed in her situation, which is something that had not been given to me in mine. And rather than feel some type of way about that, I felt led to assist and to help and to gird her up and to equip her with the appropriate tools so that she could get through that season of her life. Head held high, not low. So what I did was not only tell her that this is what you're about to go through. This is what it's going to look like. You need to prepare emotionally for this trial. You need to be ready that the roles are going to be reversed and he will be taken. And pretty much what I was having her do was count up the cost. I can say that now because I'm, I'm looking at it through a, a much clearer lens. But I was giving her the tools of counting up the cost. Worst that could happen. What was the worst that could happen? She could lose custody of her children. What would losing custody of her children look like? It's going to break your heart. What are you going to do with that heartbreak? Are you going to use that as fuel to become a better mother, to become a better individual, to become a better human being? Or are you going to use that as fuel to become bitter and hateful 
and indifferent and mean. So after I gave her those scenarios, then I went and we we started to brainstorm what was the one thing. And this is the question I asked her. What was the one thing that you would do different if you could if you didn't have children? What is the one thing that you would do different? And she said, I would go back to school. So when she said that she would go back to school, I utilized that to her. I helped her to understand that maybe that is what is about to transpire is that you're going to have the opportunity to go back to school. So she ended up going back to school and not only did she get the degree that she desired, she met the man of her dreams and now they're husband and wife. And I said that to say this. A lot of times we're going through these storms and we're going through these heartaches and we're going through this pain and we don't even know what it's going to look like on the opposite side of that. The blessing is that if we hold on and we don't faint, we don't falter, we don't give up, we just stay the course, we will be able to see the reward. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about um, be not weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, y'all might have to look that up because I'm not going to look it up right now. But that's something to think about. At the time when I was going through losing my children, the custody of my children, I was not thinking about what good could come out of me losing my kids, losing custody of my children. But now, fast forward, I look at the relationships that I have nurtured and it was a different perspective. So although they were hurting by not having the presence of their biological mother on a regular basis, where I could not be present for them then, I made a vow that if God kept breath in my body, that was one of the things that I prayed. For those of you that have followed my episodes, I am a two-time brain surgery survivor and I currently have a tumor in my brain. But one of the things that I prayed to God when I was going through my first brain surgery, mind you, I did not know it would end up being two, but the surgeon at the time went in my brain the wrong way and it caused my brain to swell up. And they could not proceed with that surgery because had they proceeded with that surgery, I could have lost my life or become a vegetable. So they waited for five days for the swelling to go down and then they re-entered the right way to remove the tumor out of my brain. However, as rare as that tumor is, fast forward about six and a half, seven years later, that tumor grew back. So I currently have it still in my brain, another one. In my brain, um, it cannot be removed. That's what I've been told by the medical everybody. So what I have learned to do is to live with this. But even in my living with it, when I look back over the course of my life, one of the things I remember praying to God was not to allow my brain surgery, because remember, I didn't know it was two, not to allow the brain surgery to, to cause me to lose my life. And not only did he honor that prayer, in my opinion, and my belief, but he did exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask, think, or even imagine. And my perspective, just like when I, when I lost custody of my children and then I crossed paths with someone who was about to lose custody of her children, just like my perspective changed concerning that situation, my perspective changed when I found out 
once more that I had another tumor in my brain. Same location, different size. First time I believed I needed men, man, to perform the surgery because that was the level of faith that I had at that season of my life. Now my perspective has changed and I truly believe that if it be within the will of God, that one day when they do another MRI, they will no longer see the tumor in my brain because now I believe in the greater surgeon to each his own. For me, that's my belief. I trust and believe that he is the great I am in my life and that nothing is impossible for him. That's me, my belief and my business and my Tabitha Brown voice. So with that being said, I literally changed my perspective and I believe by changing my perspective, I changed how I interacted with my children. Being mindful that their mother being stripped from them had an impact on their hearts, had an impact on how they viewed me, had an impact on their relationships. Very mindful, had to go through therapy. I had to go through counseling. I've been through a whole lot to get to this point where I could even have open dialogue with my children concerning that that season of our lives. Because everybody, everybody can go through the same exact situation, but their testimony about that same situation is going to vary based upon what they've been through in their past. So with me being mindful of that, I was like, OK, this is a sensitive subject for my children. It's a sensitive subject for me. As a matter of fact, there are seasons in my life and I've recognized this now that um, certain things will happen in certain people's past. I will cross because, you know, I've, I still got to deal with folk connected to my children. And I, I am able to recognize that cert, there are certain things that still to this very day are, we're going to, my, my aunt calls them landmines. They're still landmines for me. So some people call them triggers, but there's some things that I recognize and I've been able to, I guess you could say confront it, deal with it, um, process it, acknowledge it, all of the above whenever I recognize it. So there's been moments that I've crossed paths with certain people that trigger me because of what I went through with those particular individuals. And although I believe that I have forgiven these people, there's still certain, I can't be in that atmosphere for long, if that makes sense. I can't, I can't be, it's almost like, it's almost like crossing paths with someone who has violated your person. If you are someone who has been in a situation or crisis where you've been violated, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to be real hard for you to be able to be in the presence of that person that has violated you without you feeling some type of way about it. And that some type of way is not always positive. Nine times out of 10, it's a negative thing. And so in order for me to keep my mental health on the right path. And in order for me to keep my spirit man strong is certain atmospheres that I refuse to go into for that reason, because I don't want to be triggered. And that's something that I've learned by doing the work, doing the shadow work is that once you have crossed me in certain ways, first of all, I'm not going to trust you the same way. I mean, let's just keep it 100. Not going to trust you the same way. I'm not going to look at you the same way because it's almost like when you give someone an opportunity to have your heart and they stomp on it, you would be a fool to try to give that person in any way, form or fashion your heart again. 
So it's like, that's how I view keeping my distance. Now, I try to respect any and everybody, regardless of what my past was, because I just feel like that's the right thing to do. And I feel like we reap what we sow. But I am very mindful of the types of atmospheres that I place myself in. I have created some sort of, I guess you could say bubble for the lack of a better word, um, to guard my heart, to protect my emotions, to protect my mind, all of the above. Um, and then I've done everything that I can to try to nurture my relationship with my children so that I may not have been present as they have, they would have desired me to be when they were growing up, but I have tried my best to be present in there now. So that way, whenever they need me, I'm there so that they can replace a lot of those negative thoughts with positive thoughts. That takes work. That takes dedication. And that's one of those things that you literally have to be mentally, emotionally, psychologically prepared because not everybody is going to be on the same page at the same time. So I may be in a season of wanting to heal certain wounds, but they may be in a season that they want to hold those things against me because they're not ready to have those conversations. So, and that's with anything you could take the very same principle and apply it to any other type of situation in the world that you may be going through, but you've got to be mindful that anytime that you are the offender, anytime that you're the offender, and sometimes you could be directly or indirect. It's not always intentional. Sometimes it's indirect. But anytime that you're the offender, you cannot expect the offended to be ready to deal with the, the offense or to, to be ready to address the offense. And then sometimes that offended person may bring it up time after time after time after time, trying to gain clarity on why it happened to begin with. I remember, um, I don't remember his name, but I remember... Um, the singer, the gospel singer, singer, sorry, Mary, Mary. And one of the wives um, dealt with her husband while she was out on the road being unfaithful. And she said when they were going through therapy, because a lot of us, I mean, I know I was one of them, maybe not everybody, but I was one of those people that was watching how that story was going to play out. Because this is a woman of God. Let's start there. Married to a man of God there, that, that part right there. And then infidelity has taken place. What are y'all going to do as believers? So I watched that situation unfold. And one thing she said is that she asked him a thousand, Teddy, I think his name is Teddy. She asked him a thousand questions until she made peace in her mind of why he did what he did. Because she could not fathom with the love that she had for this man, why he would betray that love for instant gratification. It never made sense to her. So she was doing everything she could. She went to therapy. She talked to her sister. She talked to pretty much anybody who would listen and allow her to vent, allow her to. She was very volatile, she said at that time, um, but she was very transparent with the world. And I watched that. I watched it because we don't talk about a lot of this stuff in churches. But a lot of this stuff takes place. We don't talk about parents losing custody of their children, in my understanding, like we should. We don't talk about children being molested. We don't talk about people being raped. We don't have those conversations. We pretty much make it seem like once you get saved, you're always saved and ain't no real bad things going to happen. And I just feel like that's a setup. So 
what I try to do with my children, even to this day, y'all may not like how I handled my life. You may not like the fact that you were collateral damage while I was trying to figure my life out, but I'm here for it. Let's talk about it. Let's heal those areas so that you could be a better human being because of this. And I could be a better human being because of this. Let's not brush this under the rug and pretend like all the trauma that we went through, that we didn't go through it and that everything is so great and never, never land. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And I'm not trying to buy that. And I don't want them to buy that. So we talk about the hard truth. We talk about where I failed as a mother. We talk about where I was absent as their parent. We have those conversations. Yes, tears are shed. Yes, there may be some raising of voices. But at the end of the day, we try, we try our best to hear each other out. Because I do want to be a better parent. And I'm sure they want to be better children and better people. And so um, that's just one of the examples in terms of being ready to address those issues that you may not want to address, even though you know it's necessary for your healing. And so... I shared all of that to share with you that spiritual warfare is real. Like it's real. A lot of times we try to dismiss it as this or dismiss it as that, but it's real. And I don't know if I'm just sharing this for the sake of sharing it, but I know that just talking about it has helped me to realize that even when I did go through what I went through, it wasn't for me. That helped other people. That helped another person. And she was able to get her life back and discover a brand new life with a man that treated her far better than her ex-husband. And so to listen to her testimony, to listen to her dialogue, to listen to how they met, they met while she was going to school. So had she gone through the thing, had I not been present to share with her what I went through and give her wisdom on what to do different, she would not have the testimony that she has now, in my opinion. Me giving her the tools to survive losing the custody of her children set her up for success. But I had to be willing to share my testimony. And a lot of times what we do, we go through things and we're quiet about it. And then we sit on the sideline and we watch somebody else go through the very same thing. And that, that's selfish when you could have the tools to help them to succeed. <coughs> Excuse me. So I learned that. I'm grateful for the experience. I would never relive it again. I'm telling y'all that right now. If I ever had that to do over again, I would never, ever sign up for losing custody of my children. It would have been if I had anything to do with that more than what I thought I did. I would have raised all six of my children under the same roof and went through whatever hell we had to go through to get them to where they're at. That's what I would have did. But that is not what happened. So. You got to learn how to live with the good, the bad, the ugly and the indifferent, the predictable and the unpredictable, because the unpredictable will always happen someday, somehow, some way. So you got to be prepared. This is going to conclude my episode on today. I do hope that it has blessed someone because I know it blessed me by sharing it. Um, and please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you so much for listening.